thank you for downloading this in-ear entertainment podcast. You're listening to Shakespeare's Sonnets. Sonnet 102 My love is strengthened, though more weak in seeming. I love not less, though less the show appear. That love is merchandised, whose rich esteeming the owner's tongue doth publish everywhere. Our love was new, and then but in the spring, when I was wont to greet in my lays. As Philomel in summer's front doth sing, and stops his pite in growth of riper days. Not that the summer is less pleasant now than when her mournful hymns did hush the night, that the wild music burthens every bough, and sweet, grown, common lose their dear delight. Therefore, like her, I sometime hold my tongue, because I would not dull you with my song. That was Sonnet 102 read in a really awful way. I am Mark Chatterley, and I am joined by a, a smirking... Thierry Halas. You were, as you were smirking. Always. You looked like you'd done something wrong then, and you were just waiting to be discovered. No, I just, just tried to suppress a cough. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's, that's very nice of you. Thank you for that. Because I'm fed up with... Because when you mute... I, we've, I figured this out. When you mute Skype so I don't hear the coughs, because you actually send me the sound that's recorded from your microphone, not from Skype, all the coughs are still in it. Ah, uh, that, that, So uh, yeah. I have to go through chopping out coughs. So it, it's very fun. You can anyway. see them, though. Coughs you are can, quite yeah. big, usually. Like quite spikes dramatic. in sound. Yeah. So, Sonnet 102. <clears throat> I don't like this sonnet. I think it's got a really weird meter to it. A really weird... Sorry, don't use that academic term. A really weird rhythm to it. it well, I, I haven't read it out loud yet. But, but just from, from hearing it read, it, it sounded fine to me. Okay. I say that now. I'm I'm gonna hate it in about fifteen minutes when I have to read it loud. But yeah. um, it it just it didn't seem that weird to me. Oh, that's good. Okay. Well, maybe maybe I did a better job at reading it than I thought I did. I I just it didn't seem to. You know, with some sonnets, you kind of get into a flow, and and it becomes more. I guess when you're reading it, it becomes more of a performance because logically it's flowing in your head, and you understand what each line means. This one just never hit that. It never... Maybe it's a couple of steps too far removed from modern English or modern uh, construction for that Construction sentence, yeah. One thing that does scare me about this sonnet is I usually talk about how um, the sonnets... Because I read them from Wikipedia, how the sonnets have no information at all. And it usually sometimes just says, like, Sonnet 75, one of the fair youth sonnets by Shakespeare. And that's it. <laughs> this one has the longest Wikipedia page for any sonnet I've seen. Seriously? Oh, yeah. it's It's got a little box oh, in my... it that, that shows the stresses and the syllables. It analyzes each of the quatrains. There's a massive note section at the end. So this looks like a quite... Uh, sort of a, a quite... Can 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 word I can't remember contended sonnets I guess. I just I'm, I'm gonna load the uh, the Wikipedia page and and see because because I just I just kind of read it as the well the main idea I got out of it is um the the Philomel sinks only in um, summer's front as in spring I would assume. And then yeah. just stops when when all the other birds start singing because if it sang the entire time it would be less special. 
Yeah. Oh, I, that's see those lines. That wasn't that wasn't. Maybe it's, I'm quite tired. Maybe those lines. I because I, in my head I was going, why why does a bird have a pipe? Thinking smoking pipe and and uh, and then I growth of riper days. I was thinking growth of a I just, field. Just as and, as the uh, maybe I'm just not analysing this. As moment. as summer progresses and ends. Yeah, that just, makes just, sense. Just, as 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 other beauty takes over. The nightingale just kind of stops because if it kept going for for months and months on end, it would lose its its special and yeah, and t- sweets t- grown t- common lose their dear delight. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, I, I love that. I, oh, I like this now. And then at the end, therefore, like her, I sometimes hold my tongue because I would not dull you with my song. The idea that if if he keeps going on and on and on about the beauty of the fair youth, it becomes less special. I mean, imagine it. Imagine if he wrote 102 sonnets about the the beauty of the fair youth. It'd be ridiculous. Yeah, but he's essentially apologising for the silence in, in 97 to 99, where there yes. was the separation between the two, and, and and he didn't have the chance to to constantly tell him how beautiful he is. He just contemplated the separation. And and now he's kind of going back on that and just saying, I could have done, but but the fact that I didn't kind of makes the other sonnets worth more because they have more value. They they're not they're not a mass product kind of thing. Yeah, that that makes sense, and I suppose that 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 holds true even in today's world where the 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 rarer an item is, the more desirable it is. Yeah, that's yeah market uh, value. If if that even, drives prices that, and and yeah, but even not necessarily monetary wise. I mean, the if if you covet a a type of sofa or couch, as the Americans would call it, um, and suddenly all your friends have it, it becomes less special. It it becomes less of one that you want because everyone else has already got it. It's that idea that there is, and this is something that's trying to be beaten out of kids, but it never actually takes hold, which is that that being unique is a positive trait. Yeah. Not not. Yeah, I never quite understood. Well, I mean, from a conservative government, well, or Republican, for our American listeners kind of viewpoint, it makes sense that that you would not have uniqueness because uniqueness means different ideas and and challenging the status quo which is never yeah. good for the establishment yeah yeah the, yeah and there's a wonderful there's a an old american folk singer i used to listen to he died a couple of years ago which is really sad called utah phillips and it, i mean it's not a new idea but he talks about schooling part of schooling or or at least um uh, what we would call uh, uh, um, state schooling, uh, and um, in this country, because we we do still have some public schools, and public schools in the UK are what we call private schools that are paid for. Don't ask; it's confusing. <laughs> but it, it, the, the you when you teach kids, you teach them there's a set curriculum and that curriculum does instill certain ideals and certain beliefs into children. I mean, it has to. I mean, teaching a child anything is is changing the way their mind thinks and, and believes about certain things. And if you control that, you can control uh, to an extent. You can sort of build in, the way he describes it, as little levers and pulleys and buttons 
into children's heads. So when they get older and you want your political party to stay in power, you just press these buttons and these levers that you've instilled in these children's heads when they're full grown adults. So exactly what's happening at the moment in the UK is that people are getting very, very, very upset about benefit fraud. And and that is probably a problem. Benefit fraud probably is a problem. But Yeah, but it's like point four percent of is ben- ex- that's of all the benefits that are paid are fraud and you could yeah. you can't eradicate fraud it's there's exactly. not there, it's not a perfect system there's always gonna be faults and and point four percent that's a that means ninety nine point six percent is is fair and and the the if you compare that money that is being lost through benefit fraud to what's being lost through uh, tax loopholes and large companies, even large companies going to the tax office and just negotiating how much tax they owe, which baffles my mind. It's it's so minuscule, but that's what people have been programmed to think is wrong. And and it's it's a very powerful uh, way of, of maintaining control. Uh, and, and I can't remember how I got onto this subject, but it's, it's, it's quite sad. I have no I idea how you got here. No, I don't. I'm sorry. About uniqueness, somehow. Uniqueness. And... Yeah, it, yeah. So, yeah, so, yes, that, that's why. So, being unique stops that process from happening. Because if you develop your own ideals and it comes to your own conclusions, those buttons don't exist. And you start going, well, okay, benefit forward is a problem, but let's deal with this much bigger problem over here, which is much easier to deal with. But, but it's also, it's not necessarily just adults. That, that are the problem here because you go to school and everything that I've heard about British schools bullying is endemic to British schools yeah. and and that stops uniqueness as well because if you are unique you're a target for bullies There's, yeah. if, if you're if you don't fall into the, the set groups whatever the, the, the groups are in British schools if you're not if you're the geek who sits in the corner and reads Spider-Man comics you you're gonna well, maybe not give up on your uniqueness, but I mean, you might physically have beaten it out of you, yeah. and then just emotionally tortured, and then just and and you're gonna stop being that person, even if that's who you are deep down, kind of thing. And and I suppose what's because <clears throat> we're talking about it as if there are some people who are unique and there are some people who aren't. What what? No, no, no. I mean, everyone is unique. Yeah. But and, and, some people tend to give up on it easier than others. And that's what's a real shame. Also, some and, people don't want to be unique, I would even say. Some people want to be... Maybe not Maybe not even the pack leader. They just want to be in the pack. They, they, they want to be the sheep. They, they, they have no ambitions to... Um, because being unique is difficult. It's work. You, you have to figure out stuff on your own and then... You can't just accept what what people tell you. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard being a teenager. It's hard being an adult. That's what I and I think that's that battle doesn't stop when you leave school. And, and that's what. what no, you, they you, they lie to you. If you're a teenager, and they say that if you're an adult, you can do whatever the hell you want. It's not true. Mm-hmm. It just it's different kind of things you have to do. Yeah, but just because you can watch TV at eleven p.m. doesn't doesn't mean that you won't have to get up at seven. It's still... Yeah. It's not right. It's not... Yeah. It's really weird the way we teach children and prepare children for the world. And what we tell people is normal and what we tell people isn't normal. It really, 
isn't the case. People, uh, I, I talk, there is a perceived notion of what is adult and what you should feel in any given situation, and that's what we teach is normal. And it, from my experience, it isn't. That that ideal that all children need to learn to be outgoing and be able to stand up in a crowd and speak to everyone without feeling nervous is complete rubbish. That's I don't think there's very many people in this world who can get up in front of a crowd and just talk without feeling nervous. I've done stand up to the point where I got I was getting paid for stand up for which was which was very nice. And still before I went on stage and, and all the other stand up acts that I was around, everyone is incredibly nervous. There are people throwing up that they are that nervous. And that's normal. That's so. These are people who are pointed to as being extroverts who don't have a problem with public speaking, and yet they are so nervous about doing it they're throwing up before they go on stage, because that is what's normal. The the but the perceived idea of it's easy for them they're extroverts they can get up on stage that's what's wrong. But that's what we teach children is right and what they should strive for. Well, it, that's the, the every time there's you, you watch interviews with sticking with stand-up comedians or people who do, who do give talks and, and are in front of people a lot they always, there's always the questions of oh do you still get nervous and they go oh yeah every single time and people just go oh but but you do this every day and it's just like but that doesn't it doesn't change you're still gonna stand in, in front of different 1500 people or however many there are even if it's 10 yeah. people and and you never know what's going to happen. It's not like going to work, sitting down, typing in the data in the Excel sheet, going home. I mean, if you screw up, then you, there's going to yeah, be yeah. problems. But it's it's very simple work compared to uh, just, just standing in front of a crowd and then just possibly having people shout abuse at you or just throwing shit at you and then just... <laughs> well, not literally shit, just throwing stuff at you. <laughs> And uh, we're not monkeys, thankfully. No. Well, we are nice. a, an ape, but we, we're not uh, that kind of ape. Kind, kind of. Um... But yeah, but, I, I... yeah. It's just, there's no. Maybe there are people who don't get nervous. I'm sure there are, or just yeah, I, have I, a minimal I... amount of. of, of yeah, because everyone's and... unique. But I, yeah. I suppose what it comes down to is I, I really dislike this idea that there is a set normal. And and this is what you should... And not to the point of... I, I suppose there is a statistical normal with the bow curve and things, but a, a set normal in the sense that if you are not feeling like this, you are wrong. And I think that's yeah. an incredibly dangerous ideal that we are propagating through school. Well, it's it's because... Well, the, the, the reason why um, so many people are on Xanax and, and various antidepressants and, and are in therapy and... and just because they they've been taught that what they are is is not normal and and yeah. and, and I'm not saying and, and I suppose with that we should, we shouldn't say that that that's not necessarily there are people who are outliers and there are people who are depressed and there are people who have very well yeah I'm not I'm not issues. saying that psychotherapy and and um and there are people who have antidepressants like, say, are bad there are people who are like yeah that, but but yeah the majority that's, that's, of cases yeah. I think there is a someone's been told something is normal and then they realise they don't feel like that so then they be- they feel not normal and then that becomes a self reinforcing so, loop d- d- yeah and and it's <laughs> I should be in I should be in charge of freaking country 
that's just that's just you should just replace Gove. That would be a really good start. <laughs> Gove and and IDS and Nick Clegg and Cameron and pretty much everyone in power right now and all the Republicans in the US who shut down the government and. It's it's career politicians, and this is a big rant for another day. But career politicians are the problem. If how can we have? And what's wonderful is we have cabinet shakeups every sort of year or so, where someone who was minister of of education is now foreign minister, which makes no sense because surely to be that minister you have to have some knowledge of that area. The minister of education should surely have had some experience of state education, not even to the point of going through the state education system. I would accept, but. Gove has been public schooled since he was a child. He's never experienced a national curriculum. He's never experienced uh, uh, what it's like to sit in a classroom where supposedly the the rule is that you can't have more than one uh, more than thirty children to one teacher. I was in a class that had forty four people in it to one teacher, wow. and and. It, it, these things happen, and he's had no experience with them. He's experienced a kind of teacher to student ratio of about seven to one. And how can he understand what's going? Oh. You're just getting I think me angry. He, I think he's proving very well that he doesn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Has he done one piece of? Uh, has he said anything that teachers have liked yet? <laughs> Bless him. He's he's created academies, and then they've they've there's, there's been studies because there's a Swedish model, and and the Swedes. Uh, enacted it about a decade ago, and now, over like the long, mid long term, they've they've realised that it enforces um, classicism and racism academies. That model, and, and especially when you allow academies to be set up around a single principle like a religion. Yeah, how how who would have thought that that could backfire and ghettoise people? God. No one saw it coming, and and especially now that the Swedes have saw it coming, and then they they try and kind of fix the mistake Gove is going no no this is a good idea this is fantastic this this is what we want in Britain let's do this too when there are many other European traits that we should take up with schooling like when the school day starts and when the school day finishes and things like that which have been shown in studies to have a much better effect on children's learning and retention um, which we just ignore it's. I mean, I had fixed school days, eight a.m. to two a.m., uh, two p.m. or three p.m. on certain days, and that was. I mean, we don't have GCSEs or A levels. You are in school until you're nineteen. Done. That's just it. Yeah. And and there is. No, I've I've seen because I live near a college. I've seen just students standing outside at eleven a.m. complaining that they've had two hours of school that day, and it just it's it's unimaginable to me how. How you can only be in school for like two hours and not? How do you not have it? There's there's so much stuff to learn. How can you not have less than six hours a day of learning? How does that work? It just doesn't. It doesn't fit in your head. Yeah. It doesn't. I don't understand that. And there are ways to do those six hours to make the retention a lot better as well. We we know and we tell students when they're studying for exams, you study for twenty minutes and then you rest for ten. And then you study for 20 minutes and you rest for them because that's much better way. After 20 minutes, your brain drops off. And yet we still teach lessons in hour-long slots. Just what? We, We know. We tell kids that this model here works and then we teach them with a completely different model. 
and I'm not saying there should be 20 minute session lessons, but you could have an hour's slot for maths, but do it in 20 minute segments and and, and make the slot an hour and a half so you've got all the breaks in. It's these things seem basic. I don't, I didn't realize that was. Is it actually 64 minutes? In in. As in one one class is is sixty minutes. Sixty minutes. Oh well, they were when I went through school. One class was was an hour. Yeah. Weird. I mean, we called them hours, but they well, when I started, they were fifty minutes, and then they became forty nine minutes, because that just it just it it kind of screws with you, but in a good way, because no lesson ever finishes. That it time just kind of gets put in really weird ways, so you can't just sit and it's like, oh, this just I don't know. You don't get programmed to know that at ten two it's over. Yeah. It kind of shifts throughout the day. Sometimes it's forty nine, it's forty eight, forty seven kind of thing. And then you have breaks in between that are like nine minutes or, or forty nine like minutes. So students and just... can't can't go without doing some maths. This lesson is going to end in however You kind long. you kind of trigger onto you you know like the the, the, the second lesson is gonna finish at, at nine thirty eight kind of thing. Because after if you if you've done it for a few weeks, you know, but it's just I don't know. I kind of liked it because it just never. It it felt less ran. Well, it felt more random. It felt less fixed. Yeah. Just, just... It, I I quite like that model. That's quite cool. See, we should we should be in charge. Maybe I said I'm going to set up a political party. Who's with me? Come on, email me if you're with me. We're, we're Chat, chatterly for Europe. <laughs> yes, yeah. Sod the UK Parliament. Let's let's run. Just not even bother. Yeah. Just let's create be... the United States of Europe and then just force down laws. I like that idea. We should do that. Um, because this is a podcast about the sonnets, you should really read Sonnet 102. That's that's. that's I'll try that. That's okay. <laughs> this has been a good couple of sonnets. Yeah, well, for us at least. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sonnet 102. My love is strengthened, though more weak and seeming. I love not less, though less the show appear. That love is merchandised, whose rich esteeming, the owner's tongue doth publish everywhere. Our love was new, and then, but in the spring, when I was wont to greet it with my lays, as Philomel in summer's front doth sing, and stops his pipe in growth of riper days. Not that the summer is less pleasant now, than when her mournful hymns did hush the night, but that wild music burthens every bough, and sweet grown commons lose their dear delight. Therefore, like her, I sometime hold my tongue, because I would not dull you with my son. Ah, you even said that in in with the pronunciation, the Shakespearean pronunciation at the end. You said "sung" rather than "song," which is lovely. Well done. It just my brain just went tongue, and it's just like that doesn't kind of. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for reading that. That was Sonnet 102 of, of Shakespeare Sonnets. I've been Mark Chatterley, and you can follow me on Twitter if you're interested in my random rantings. Um, if you're interested in my random... Follow him! Follow him! My random rantings tend to be on <laughs> at Nufkin, N-U-F-K-I-N, or for more kind of in-ear-related proper information, it's at in-ear-ent. And I've been Jerry Hillers, and, and you can follow me on Twitter at Sound of Seagulls, or... T-N-G-H-R with, with four H's at the end. If you want evil Thierry. Evil Thierry is to, very funny. Tries to take over the world and, and puts people on kill lists. Yeah, I, I'm on that list, apparently. I don't like Everyone this. is on the list. Okay, that's how that works. <laughs> you can only be further down on the list, but everyone <laughs> is on the list. 
<laughs> Excellent. We shall see you next time for Sonnet 103. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. You've been listening to Shakespeare's Sonnets with Mark Chatterley and Thierry Hellis. This has been an in-ear entertainment podcast. To listen to other podcasts or find out more about in-ear entertainment, go to www.inearentertainment.com.